Hey, non-plus listeners, if you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. What is that dog's name? Damn it. This rant was beautiful until I forgot a character name. Gisette? Uh, <laughs> was it Gisette? Is that her name? No. No, it's Georgette. <laughs> That's my new drag name. Gisette. Gisette Midler. <laughs> Gisette Medler is what it is. Because <laughs> she's in everybody's business. <laughs> another episode of non-plus a gay romp through the disney plus vault that over there is my husband clancy and over there is my husband josh and this is non-plus a mischief media podcast hi honey hi how you doing i'm okay good yeah <laughs> uh before we get started head to mischiefmerch.com. there is a new line of shirt shirt shirts it's a new line of merch and shirt. I mean, there are there shirts. are shirts in that merch. There are shirts in that merch and hats and mugs. Uh, you know, as we gird our loins for a historic collection. You, you know, when you be merching. Yeah, we've well, mischief merch has your back with their new "What's Next" line for fans of the West Wing. You can get mugs, t-shirts, hats, and more celebrating Lyman's muffins and bagels, or with fun slogans like "I'm so sick of Congress, I could vomit." Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. All Jesus. that uh, you're if, if you're a, if you're a big fan of the West Wing or if you're just sick of Congress, head to mischiefmerch.com and get your swag today. Do it. We've got some fun Disney Plus news this week, and this is why I like recording these little bumpers week of because Gizmodo was reporting. Um, someone jumped into the source code of Disney Plus and found in the JavaScript there hints that there might be a watch party feature coming up in the near future. That would be rad. From Gizmodo, a tipster brought to Gizmodo's attention some source code on the Disney Plus website that seems to point to the forthcoming feature titled Group Watch. At the time of this writing, the term Group Watch appeared hundreds of times in the JavaScript reviewed by Gizmodo on the landing page for the live action Mulan. Um, so yeah, there's no news on it. Disney hasn't replied to Gizmodo's, uh, questions for comment. Of course they have. Um, but I mean, this is, I mean, this is data mining and most, most big companies like that won't respond to leaked stuff that you found in data mining. Generally. Um, you know, 
And that's, I mean, that's just that, but that's neat. I'm, I'm glad that they're looking, looking to, uh, to integrate that. And if it does come with Mulan hitting, then that'll happen on Friday. Yeah. Cause Mulan's hitting on Friday for that cool, cool price of 30 bucks on top of your Disney plus subscription. Um, so yeah, uh, no comment from Disney at this time, but keep an eye on that. Uh, other news is it's a new month. So there's new stuff coming to Disney plus. Yes, there is a lot. We're going to link, um, the full list from Polygon in the show notes, but just some big hits here again this Friday. Like I said, we've got Mulan, um, which reportedly might be, might be free on Disney plus come December. I didn't see a source for that. I just saw that floating around the internet. I feel like that's what they're going to do because they, they keep talking about it as like premiere access yeah, and not that the movie is there. I feel right. like there was a plan to already have. Well, no, 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 no. If you there. pay for it, it's going to stay. It's going to persist. Right, 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 right. But what I'm saying is, is that even if it would have gone to theaters, it probably would have hit in December anyways. Like oh, that was well, yeah, sure. sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, but also we've got the Wolverine. Yeah, it was, it was like, uh, wolverine samurai well yeah which is a whole arc that he had in the comic books it just didn't it didn't do it that great and then silver samurai is a consciousness as opposed to it's a whole thing so yeah that's that's the one that's coming up i don't think logan's on there yet and that's really the one you want to watch yeah if you're gonna pick a wolverine movie logan on there though i don't know it's r so like that would be a first um we've also got earth to ned season one coming this is a new series from the jim henson company um it's a late night talk show Led by an alien who is a puppet named Ned. So think space goes coast to coast with alien puppets from the Henson company. That sounds terrifying because they're going to, they're going to enter. It's like a late night talk show from the bridge of their ship and they're going to interview celebrities. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. The two mighty duck sequels are coming to Disney plus on Friday. Also never been kissed strange magic and trick or treat September 11th. We've got Christopher Robin, which is oh. one of the two Winnie the Pooh movies we haven't seen. Yes. I, we really do need to see it. <laughs> we I, do. I mean, I mean, now hey, we, now we have a reason. Now we have to. a reason to yes. September 8th. Eight, you're sorry. September 18th is a big day for the network for the platform. We've got Bendit, it like Beckham coop and Cammy asked the world season two Europe from above season one ever after is coming. Oh, that's cute. exciting. That's the Drew Barrymore Barrymore one. It's like the Cinderella historic fable. I don't know if I Angelica Houston. Okay. On to <laughs> September 25th. Um, the giant robber crab. That sounded interesting. Neat. We've got Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is a series. Yeah. Um, we've also got season two of Muppet Babies coming. Yes, girl. Um, what else is interesting? Oh, Secret Society of Second Born Royals is an original movie on the platform that does not sound like I am the target audience. Do you yeah. know what? What is that? Who, I, who I, is that for? No idea. <laughs> Anyways, that's pretty much it coming yeah, this that's, month. That's the so. fresh, uh, fresh Disney plus stuff. Like the full list, like I said, uh, from Polygon, we'll put in the show notes. Oh goodness, let's get to it. This week, we tackled a contemporary adaptation of a Dickensian classic. Uh, it was called Oliver and Company. It sure was, um, and it was. A movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a movie that was released November 18th in 1988, the year of my Lord. Yes, um, yes. This movie was was came out a mere five, six weeks after Clancy's birth. Um, so if one was to tie things to apocalyptic prophecy, one might say that if this movie heralded the end of the earth, that Clancy's the devil child that brought it with him. Yep. <laughs> uh, as Josh mentioned, it was based on Oliver Twist by Charles Dixon's. No. <laughs> Charles Dickens. There you go. What did I say? Dixon's. Charles Dixon's. 
Uh, this was directed by George Scribner. Uh-huh. Uh, he also directed uh, The Prince and the Pauper short in 1990, which yep. is a short. Uh, he was also an animator on a lot of stuff, uh, but most notably Heavy Metal in 1981 and The Black oh, wow. Cauldron in 1985. Yeah, some heavier stuff for sure. Yeah. Um, it was written by Jim Cox, Tim Disney, and James Mangold. Tim Disney. Tim Disney, but then also had like 10 other people, right? Because that was a screenplay. Then a bunch of people on the story. There was a lot. I think James Mangold did the brunt of the work. Mm. Uh, he's best known for Copland, Girl Interrupted, Walk the Line, The Wolverine, which we just talked about, yeah. and Logan. Oh, hey. Yeah. All right. Um, the score was by J.A.C. Redford, who did Fame, Newsies, Skyfall. Um, but each of the songs in, and we'll talk about this later, each of the songs in the film um, was sung by a different pop star and written by different pop music writers. Correct. It's a whole rigmarole there's a whole lot of nonsense yep um all right who's in it clancy well first we have joey lawrence as oliver whoa yeah yeah he that was, joey lawrence is that who he is yeah for blossom he was the brother on blossom whoa he was that guy i don't think i ever watched Blossom. well again, i mean i i know what you're talking you about were like heard it, two but. years old when it first hit the I air was, so cute it's something uh, he was also, of course, in a goofy movie and brotherly love. He's done. He they, he did that one show with Melissa Joan Hart not long ago. He's been around. He's been on TV a bit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and then, of course, Billy Joel is the voice of Dodger. You're talking about the singer, Billy Joel. Yes, the Billy Joel piano man, Billy Joel. They did a whole musical of his songs called moving out. Um, <laughs> y- you know, he like he, he's he's Billy Joel. Um, and apparently he was recommended by Scribner because of his, quote, New York street smart Savoir faire attitude, which, of course, became the refrain of the song he ended up singing. <laughs> um and we'll talk about his audition a little bit later in what the show. What the fuck does Savoir Faire mean? It's French. It means um a certain something. I, you literally are sitting in front of a computer and can Google two computers. Well, Mother Google says that it is the ability to act or speak appropriately in social situations. Well, there you go. So New York Street Savoir Faire means being able to go anywhere in New York and strike up a conversation. Which is quintessential Billy Joel. That I yeah, guess. Sure. I don't. I mean, I'm familiar enough with his music. But I've never heard him like talk before. Well, yeah, you have in this in film. This <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, yes, yes. But I wouldn't have had a frame to be like, oh yeah, that's like if I were casting for this. Yeah, no. I'd be me, like, oh yeah, Billy Joel. I he's mean, he's a streetwise smart whatever and apparently he was excited about taking the gig because he just had a baby uh oh that's cool he was quoted as saying i just had a little girl it's a great way to do something that my little girl could see that she could relate to right away that's delightful yeah cheech marin is tito and that's cheech of cheech and chong of course from born in east la tin cup and and cheech and chong up and smoke and cheech and chong high again and cheech and chong all the cheech and chong movies he is the Cheech of that Cheech and Chong. But also, he was Bonsai the Hyena in Lion King. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. Then we got Richard Mulligan as Einstein. He unfortunately passed away September 26, 2000. But he was oh. Harry from Empty Nest. He was the patriarch on the on the TV show Empty Nest. He oh. They backdoor piloted that one on Golden Girls. He was like their neighbor friend who was a doctor. Interesting. And, and so, so while they were both on the air, they would cross over and pop into, into so like Harry and the girls would appear on Golden Girls episodes and the Golden Girls would appear on Empty Nest episodes. Mm-hmm. And then there was another spinoff off of that called Nurses that I also liked in which uh, Harry Weston, uh, Richard Mulligan's character featured on that too. I loved sitcoms as a child. What can I say? <laughs> um, also, Roscoe Lee Brown as Francis. He too passed away April 11th of 2007. 
uh, had a role in the Cowboys, Logan's Run, and Treasure Planet. And he was basically sort of like a, a standard TV guest star from the 60s through the 80s, including spots on Mannix, All in the Family, Good Time, Sanford and Son. And he even won an Emmy for a guest role on The Cosby Show. That's rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we have Cheryl Lee Ralph. She played Rita. Yes, Rita's the lady dog. And we'll talk about how you know that she's a lady dog a little bit later in the show. <laughs> um, but uh, this was only her second film, but she'd been doing TV since the 70s. She was on an episode of Wonder Woman. Oh, shit. That's rad. Yeah. Recently, she's been on Ray Donovan and Claws. Okay. But you might know her for, uh, as D, the mom on Moesha. Mm-hmm. Um, you. I don't know if that you is you specifically Clancy, but definitely our listeners might recognize her from Moesha. Yeah, I know what Moesha is. I'm just making sure Um, it's a living and instant mom. But most importantly, the thing that sticks in my craw about this, your craw, my craw stuck Mm -hmm. right in there like a popcorn (laughs) kernel under my dental work. Oh my God. Is that Cheryl Lee Ralph originated the role of Dina and dream girls on Broadway. Just that fact alone means that she's got pipes for days don't get used in this goddamn movie. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking travesty. It's a crime against humanity, but I'll go into it later. We've got Dom DeLuise's Fagan. Yes. Dom DeLuise has been all over everything. Yeah. Uh, Secret of Nim, American Tale, uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. And that's just his VO stuff. Like, he did a lot of live acting, too. He was in a fucking Best Little Horror House in Texas with Dolly yep. Parton and Burt Reynolds. He was in Cannonball Run and also Blazing Saddles. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of stuff. Torian Black is Roscoe. He was on Hill Street Booze. Carl Wintraub is DeSoto. He was on Air Force One, Beverly Hills Cop, Days of Our Lives. Then Robert Loggia. Again, I feel like his name should be higher up on this list. It should. He's, uh, he voices Sykes. He passed away in uh, December of 2015. Oh. But you know, he's he's the old guy from Big. The one when Tom Hanks is doing the piano dance. Yep. He's doing the piano dance with Robert Loggia. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he was also in Scarface and Independence Day. And he's like... His whole thing is roles like this. They're like hard, scary, well-worn yeah. men that have no business in a children's cartoon movie. <laughs> um, Natalie Gregory is Jenny. William Glover is Winston. And then Bette Midler is Georgette. Yeah, she you might know her. Um, she's a multi-platinum recording artist known for her hits like The Rose, The mm. Wind Beneath My Wings, yes. Boogie Woogie Beagle Boy. And From a Distance. From a distance. But you might recognize her face from the first wives club or Hocus Pocus. Or yeah, she was in people. Hocus Pocus. Yes. Or Beaches even, which came out a month after this did. Uh, she also won a Tony for Hello Dolly. This is recent. This is a couple years ago. She oh, did the revival of Hello Dolly, won the Tony for it. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, voice act, act um, voice actor mainstay Frank Welker is Carlos slash Louis slash animal sounds. Yeah, he had his on IMDb. 853 acting credits and, uh, and 99% can, of them are voice. Maybe a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And he's continuing to yeah. do work. Like it is nonsense. Uh, he's, he's on the new Scooby-Doo guess who, um, oh, fun. That, that show, uh, uh, all of the transformers movies. He plays characters in those. Uh, and he's also Bigfoot in the goofy movie. Jeez. So, you so know. much, so yeah. much. All right. So shall we get into the synopsis? I think so. Okay. On Fifth Avenue, an orphaned kitten named Oliver is left abandoned after his fellow orphaned kittens are adopted by passerby. Wandering the streets by himself in search of someone to adopt him, Oliver meets a laid-back mongrel named Dodger who assists the kitten in stealing food from a hot dog vendor. Dodger then flees the scene without sharing his bounty with Oliver. Well, I kind of hate the animation in this movie. (laughs) 
I mean, it starts off quaint enough. It almost looks like concept drawings That's for, for pretty all much of those what intro it seemed like. scenes. It seemed like they're pretty. I honestly wouldn't mind a print of like that Times Square establishing uh-huh. shot. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It also kicks off the rampant product placement in this film. I I, that- I can't recall a cartoon with so much direct brand imagery. Truly, I can't. Yeah. Usually, than- like even in even in Pixar films, for example, it's a re- like it's a referential. It's not this direct. Yeah. No, they literally had Sony. They had Kodak. They had Coca Cola. Yeah. Nationwide car rental or sales or whatever. Yeah. That was my last note on this because I didn't realize that until they went back to that shot and I was just like, Oh, it wait, started what? there. It went throughout. I made I made notes later. I it's just. I feel like someone in a concept room somewhere was like, no, 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 it needs to feel gritty and like New York. It needs to be as New York as possible. My, my immediate note that I put, I I just by contrast, right. Is Ratatouille Paris. Yes. They sold us Paris. Mm -hmm. They enticed us to Paris. Yes. They did it almost entirely through a couple of iconic establishing shots. Yes. Eiffel tower, Mm -hmm. Arc de Triomphe. Etc. Mm-hmm. And music. It was mostly about atmosphere and the stuff that you weren't always paying attention to. Right. This it, it almost has the personality of this is it's fucking New York. Ah! Like like an Italian man hitting you on the head with a salami while Here, wearing a Coca-Cola t-shirt. Here's my problem. <laughs> well, yes, I understand that this looks and and the visual, it looks gritty. It I looks get it. it it's looks New like York. that. The music does not match this fucking shots at all. It doesn't. It, it is absolutely like it's trying to sell me this really gritty New York with this upbeat song that doesn't to me. It just felt it, it, it felt really misplaced and it didn't feel Disney. It didn't feel this felt commercial. Uh, well, it felt more Don Bluth, honestly. And that's part of I mean, we'll yeah. get into it later, but that's a lot of what a lot of I, I think you just you see that fight happening on screen. Um, and again, we'll talk about it later, but notwithstanding this, this was the last film before the Disney Renaissance. It's not to say that I can't see elements of say the backgrounds that they had in Lady of the Tramp, the backgrounds that they had, like it was very much that. Yeah. The characters, however, didn't feel like they fit in that world at all. The note that I had is, uh, woof. This animation is not, (laughs) this animation is dot 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 not disney's strongest at least with humans question mark yeah it's not great and no there's here another question i had was were there packs of wild dogs roaming the alleys of midtown manhattan in the 80s is that a thing these dogs were vicious yeah like again there's a a level of darkness to this film if i was expecting during this time like i would be totally fine with it being like you're just hearing the sounds of New York and not sure. the music. Like, I feel like that would have been more visceral and more get you into the story. And then suddenly the daytime comes out and then Huey Lewis comes in. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I wanted. And yeah, we should mention that. That's Huey Lewis singing this opening song. What is it called again? Uh, the song is called, I skipped right over it, Once Upon a Time in New York City. Now it's always once upon a time in New York City. It's a big old battle, tough old town, it's true. 
Which itself gave me very much um, uh, moon in New York City. Like, when you get caught between the moon and New York City. Ugh. I never saw Arthur. So well, anyway, my point it, is, is... Unless it's the PBS one with the gays. Similar vibes. It gave me similar yeah. vibes. But yeah, Huey Lewis. It, it just didn't feel like it matched for me. And, I, no. and it took me immediately out. And was just like, this does not feel right. The music ends. And now we get... Oliver trying to interact in the city in daytime. And who the fuck didn't take that last kitten? Just left that last one. It's a there? ginger cat. That sh- those should be the first to go. 100%. In fact, statistically, the last cat should be a black one. Yeah. I'm not pulling that out of my ass. That's like a thing. Black cats it are is. the last to get adopted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, Frank Welker is the one that did the sausage vendor. So. He was oh, the yeah. Frank Welker. God, yeah. he's just done so much. I, the only other note I had for this section was that Billy Joel has only ever played himself and having very limited familiarity with him other than his music. I don't know how I feel about his acting here. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I don't know if he's just being Billy Joel. I got Billy Joel in my movie. He's never going to be in a movie again. I, unless it's a concert fit. Like it's literally, no, that's his literally his IMDb is all concert. Any other time that he, he is in like a TV show or something. He is still just playing himself. Yeah. Which again, I, I double down on, I think he's just being himself and someone just gave him lines to read. It starts off. I feel like we've just complained about the movie as a whole and haven't really identified anybody yet. Oliver is is the cat. (laughs) Dodger is his terrier friend. And they are, I mean, they're contemporizations of uh, Oliver twist and the artful Dodger. (laughs) Dodger saves him from these terrifying dogs. Yes. And that's how we meet the sausage vendor. And then after, after all the shenanigans have, yeah. have gone, the, uh, Dodger has acquired the sausages and is yes. not sharing them with Oliver because no. he's an asshole. Yeah. Uh, just one sausage. Well, you got a whole ass. Life, just dude. one fucking sausage. One sausage. That's it. The voices have this reverb that's going on on them oh, I didn't that just makes that. it seem like they do not belong in the space that they're <laughs> in. And again, it just it took me immediately out. And I was just like, why are they doing this? Why does it sound like Billy Joel is eight feet away from the microphone delivering lines? I don't I, I really don't. It, this was a choice oh, that yeah. they made to add the reverb. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying is that this is terrible. Uh, anyways, anyways. Okay, moving on. Oliver follows Dodger all throughout the streets until they eventually arrive at a barge where Dodger shares his meal with a gang of fellow strays. Tito the Chihuahua, Einstein the Great Dane, Rita the Saluki, and Francis the Bulldog. Oliver sneaks inside and is discovered by the dogs. After a moment of confusion, he is received with a warm welcome. The barge's owner, a pickpocket named Fagan, is indebted to Sykes, a nefarious <laughs> shipyard agent and loan shark accompanied by his Dobermans, Roscoe and DeSoto. Sykes gives Fagan an ultimatum of repaying the money he had borrowed within three days under the threat of imminent violence. And this is where we get Billy Joel's uh, doo-wop Why should I worry? Yes. Yeah. Said, Why should I worry? Why should I care? 
It's very Billy Joel. It is. <laughs> uh, it, it, we're in yet another montage. Yeah. Um. So this is fun. Can you imagine being in New York and seeing a terrier jump from a construction crane and fall 10 stories and land comfortably on the hood of a convertible bug? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like there was a point where like they were on that piano and Oliver falls and I was like, oh shit, that's high. And yeah. then, he, and then the, there's, there's a, an awning falls onto this awning and then into some tomatoes. And I was just it's like, it's all very campy cartoony that is, it in is such juxtaposition of all this grittiness. Right. And I feel like just pick a thing. Yeah. Like y- you either can have a warm, fuzzy New York or, or not. Yeah. Like it's either got to be the fuzzy cat that happens. You know when what? He gets blow dried. You know what movie yes. I didn't uh, feel like was a waste of my time. Pets. Yeah. Pets was great. It, it, it cartoonified New York enough that all of this was easy yeah. to suspend my disbelief for an hour and a half. Like they could have done this in any city. I feel like, and it would have been a better story. It would have been like, a better bebopulation. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, this is the first thing that I looked at you when this happened, but yeah. the bulldog Francis was watching TV. Yes. And it was Macbeth. And you turned to me and just said, it's Macbeth. <laughs> yeah. This is tomorrow and tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we were. Um, you know, Cheech Marin is playing Tito and he's playing Tito like Cheech plays anything. Yes. But yes. I kept bracing myself for it to not be fine. I don't feel like we cross that line. Unless you watch that five minute clip where they talk about Cheech Marin bringing his classic latin spiciness to the hot blooded tito yeah that's that's racist it is yeah but um, cheech is being cheech and it's all okay it's when he started yelling about the gang war that i was like suddenly well what is it Hey, man, check it out, huh? Hey, it's an alien! Cool it, guys, it's just a cat. Mi madre, un gato! Felis domesticus. Now, how'd you find this place, cat? Uh. Yeah, that's that's what I my note was. Gang war with a bunch of question marks and exclamation points? Woof. Like, that's, that's a little... That's pushing it over yeah, for me. Yeah, it's a bit. And then we also have Rita... And now Rita is the girl dog. And can you tell yeah. me how you know she's the girl dog? Because she's got that big hair. No. And she's skinny as hell. No. She's got a female voice. No. It's because uh, she's got eyeshadow. She's got eyeshadow? She's got blue. This dog has blue eyeshadow on. As if they needed, of all of those things you just listed, another thing to signify <laughs> that this dog is a lady dog yeah it's not enough that she's voiced by a woman and has a famullet and has lashes for days let's also slap some eyeshadow on her she'd have lipstick if dogs had lips my goodness <laughs> they had to, why did they have to put eyeshadow on this dog yeah I, I, anyway so we get the weird 3d animation is that what you were about to say yeah yeah so this actually does happen in the beginning of the movie too but you notice it you really notice it the first time with sykes's limo yes and they really heavily used 3d in this to the to the point to where 
to where it, it doesn't feel like it fits. Everything seems too geometric compared yeah. to the naturalistic uh, or, or sorry, impressionistic like uh, uh, style of the background. It reminded like, me of it, playing like a cell shaded animated video game that has 3D elements. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The shot of Sykes limo is truly odd 3D usage is what I put. Yeah. Um, Jesus, this movie is violent. I put this is irresponsible. Children might think that they could get caught in a car window and survive. Oh, no. you get close that. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but Fagin dies. And the rest of the movie is his dream. Pretty much. <laughs> like this is, well, it's just, he not only gets, not only falls stories, like he gets asphyxiated and like is contorted and like his, all of his bones are broken. Yes. Like, this is, it's just, it, it, it's so violent comparatively. Like I was just like, this is, this is actually a lot. <laughs> this movie just gets so surprisingly dark at moments. A little bit. Um, I will say though, I have in caps here. Ah, puppy kitty cuddles. Yes. That was a cute little moment. It was a cute little moment. All righty. Fagin and the gang, now including Oliver, hit the streets the next morning to carry out petty theft so that Fagin may pawn the stolen goods for money. <laughs> Through a theatrical ruse, the dogs managed to stop a luxurious limousine owned by the wealthy Foxworth family. The attempt to pillage the limousine fa- fails, and Oliver finds himself in the embrace of the Foxworth daughter, Jenny who adopts Oliver to assuage the loneliness brought about by the presence of her vacation absence of her vacationing parents. I think that's editorializing a little bit. Don't you? It is. This is a little girl who sees the kitty and goes, I want a kitty. Yeah, that pretty much. Um, I don't really appreciate that. Einstein is the one that gets a concussion. <laughs> He's a great Dane. Have you ever, have you ever interacted with a great Dane? I, probably not. Here's the thing. That's not really out of the norm for Great Danes because they're fucking klutzy as short. They make great apartment dogs because they are lazy and are difficult in big spaces when there are things around because uh, their tails are like three feet long. So if you've got a (laughs) coffee table, it's glasses of wine everywhere. You should just not have anything on the table. No, that's the most credible thing that happened in this film is that a great Dane would accident accidentally bump into a side of a car. I just think the, the unfortunate name of Einstein is a little, well, the he's name is Einstein. a joke because he's the dumb one. I know, but like, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like making jokes like that. I don't think it's funny. Uh, the world trade centers in this movie are, are prominent. Yeah. It was in the opening sequence. I had a note earlier. Apparently at some point there was discussion of removing it. Um, nah, but, yeah, nah. it doesn't really make that much no, sense. Especially that, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Oh, when they started singing Streets of Gold. Yeah. When you got talent, everything is free. Watch how we do things. Ooh, I guarantee you're going to see how the best survive. We make an art out of staying alive. Which is not sung by Cheryl Lee Ralph, to- Tony nominee, famous <laughs> Chanteuse Cheryl Lee Ralph. Tell me uh, how you feel about it. Tread, treading the book. Look, no shade on Ruth Pointer, but you had Cheryl Lee Ralph. She could have done this song. I don't. 
uh, yes. <laughs> she could have done the song. The minute, literally the minute the song started, I paused and I went, hold on a second. And I went back to the Wikipedia page and was like, are you fucking Cheryl Lee route again? No shade on Ruth pointer. And this goes back to like the, and it will get to the music in depth a bit more in a minute, but in a general sense, like they were trying to be like of the moment and in the now with, yeah. you know, pop stars doing these songs. I just, uh, you had Cheryl Lee Ralph. Yeah. That said, I'd love to see our cat bark. Yeah, that would be cute. <laughs> <laughs> I will say the best thing and the worst thing about this movie is the music. The music doesn't belong here, but the music isn't bad. The, mu- <laughs> the songs are like they're bops. They're all great. Yeah. They do not fit. No, not at all. So they, they steal the, they, they attempt to steal that radio. Is that what they're doing? Yes. I thought he was just trying hot- to hotwire the, <laughs> No, he was trying to snip off all of the the uh, the the wires Got going it. into the radio because you can see the radio is starting to like why hang not just out. start with the glove compartment and see if there's a credit card or some cash. I couldn't figure it out. But then again, I was still confused about how a dog knows about Atlantic City, how a Chihuahua in New York City knows what Atlantic City is. That yeah. was my note on that. And then we get into she uh, Oliver goes home with Jenny. And this is yes. all should be said because earlier Sykes gave him the ultimatum of like, you need to repay me this undisclosed sum of money uh, in three days. And he does it cryptically, almost like a fairy tale. He's like three sunrises and three sunsets three, in three days, three days. And it's a weird, I Don Deloise is delightful as Fagan, but the whole, the actual actors in this film are great. The writing is awful. I, I, I I'm just, I just, I didn't appreciate how disjointed it was like that him talking cryptically like that never comes up again. No. And it's just, it's that much more terrifying because it's Robert Loggia. Like it's, yeah, these are the kinds of roles he plays. Why is he playing them that method in a cartoon? It it is nonsense. (laughs) Um, So Oliver ends up going with Jenny. They go back home. Um, The, the integration of Oliver into this house. Yes. Apparently she makes him eggs. a la Jenny with cocoa Krispies. She destroys that kitchen to make, Eggs and Cocoa Krispies. Yeah. What on earth? We were also introduced to um, Georgette. Yes. Yeah. Bette Midler, who gets to sing her own goddamn song. She does. Which is very Bette Midler. It's delightful. Beaches came out a month after this movie did. Yeah. So she was a hot commodity uh, winter of 1988. (laughs) You know, I was a hot commodity of winter of 1988. You sure were. Brought into this world in the, in the, in the, in the month of September. Yeah. Yeah. September was you. November was Oliver and company. December was beaches. Yeah. The end of 1988 was a stellar year for. It was. Entertainment. Because I'm entertainment, everyone. <laughs> yep. But Bet being able to sing her song <laughs> is also white privilege. I must yes, say. Yes. Yes. I had two key questions. Three key questions. Sure. One. Are we to believe that in this very gritty, realistic New York, that all of these presumably male dogs have a gotten photos taken of themselves, mm-hmm. B had them printed and signed and C mailed them to this dog that they are a fan of. Yeah. The dogs did this themselves and could sign them like could write. But it's not just all, a paw print. No, nope, they're all signed. Um, question two uh, are these birds fawning over a quote nude dog? Like she's behind a screen mm-hmm. and they're all like, Oh no, the dog was just naked. The yeah, dog's but, been naked this whole time. Yes. If anything, you should be confused that that dog is putting on clothes. Yeah. And then my third and final question about the song 
as a whole is, is this a song about a lady dog in heat? I'm beauty unleashed. Yeah. Jaws are up. Hearts stop. So classic and classy. We're not talking lassie. Yeah, because by the end of the song, all these dogs are her balcony, and she's just huffing that who around, and I, just, I can't. Oh my god, the 3D is happening in a different frame rate than the actual animation yes. is happening, and I hate it. Yeah, it's the same problem I have with Beauty yes. and the Beast. Frame Beauty rate. and the Beast has the same issue when they cut to those scenes. It's so Beauty smooth. and the Beast. Yes, in that big ballroom scene. In oh Beauty and the Beast, yeah, when yeah, they do yeah. That big like thing. It's the shutter speed that they're using on that is so much smoother and doesn't huh. have the same blurriness to it that you would normally have. All right. Next up, Oliver makes himself at home in Jenny's house, much to the disgust of Georgette, the Foxworth family's pompous and pampered purebred poodle. That's <laughs> a lot of alliteration for the New York times. Jesus Dodger and the others managed to steal Oliver from the Foxworth household and return him to the barge. Fagan re- re- <laughs> recognizes from Oliver's new collar that he has been adopted by a wealthy family and desperately decides to hold Oliver for ransom. Thank you for jumping in when my brain broke (laughs) his anonymously written ransom note reaches Jenny who sets out to get Oliver back at the pier. Jenny meets Fagan who is shocked that he has been dealing with a little girl bothered by his conscience. After seeing Jenny distraught over losing Oliver, Fagan gives Oliver back freely Sykes, whom Fagan had informed of the deal beforehand and was watching from the shadows, drives by and kidnaps Jenny, intending to ransom her and declaring Fagan's debt paid. Now, if this seems clunky to you, (laughs) in terms of pacing, it's because it is. It's because it fucking is. (laughs) It is absolutely bonkers where we go to from here. Because we go from her getting to keep the cat and her having this honeymoon with the cat Again, it's goes one to day. S- goes to school comes back and her life is turned right upside down <laughs> just everything is shenanigans then, while wilson's watching wrestling in the kitchen right literally she gets kidnapped she goes out into the street well, by herself well wilson nowhere to be found. there are a series of irresponsibilities that happened before then writers explain why is it that you have someone that is responsible for this child and this child is going out at night <laughs> That you're not a, at least accompanying up, accompanying the child. I mean, she snuck out. Wilson has one job to watch the one person in this house. That person is not there. What? What the fuck? <laughs> Y'all, Clancy feels real strongly about. Oh my god, this is awful. Irresponsible guardianship. <laughs> I also. Why I'm is learning. she taking the bus to school? She literally has a driver. Look, she's taking the bus painted minivan to yes. school. That is a Chevy Astro van that has been painted yellow. And the word school bus has just been placked up there in the back with two by fours. It looks like they, it, 
What it looks like a on? kidnapping ruse. It <laughs> looks like Sykes sent that along. All right. I'm your new bus driver today. Like it's a muscly dude with tattoos who oh looks like he works God. at the docks. My goodness. But again, she has a driver. The driver can take her to school. Yes. It's just you're just real awful. focused on this and have been for a good 90 seconds at least. I've been focused on this since we started this fucking movie. It's just not very good. And I am sorry if you liked this movie, but I don't. I think that this is this is this this movie other than the music is pretty much trash for me. Oh, and I Lord. just can't handle it. You know what I do love though? Hmm. I love Bette Midler barking because yes. she's literally just saying can, bark. Can you imagine her in the, in the like <laughs> Bet we 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 need you to make some dog sounds now. Um oh, no. go ahead. No, no, no. I'm not no. Can you can you just give us a bark? No, that's no. Just, uh, uh, we just need you cuz You want me to imitate a dog? Yes. Bark. There. You have to do. You have to do it. You have to do it into the microphone. You have to do it into the mic. Bark. Is that better? Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's how that went down. <laughs> how wise is it to take a cat boating in the park? How wise is it to wander Central Park as a child in the late eighties? Even if you do have in some scenes a guardian. Yeah, um, it like all he just was seems really ice cream, but then wasn't there for the next is, one. But also was like reading, like it all seems so irresponsible. It is. Maybe this is setting up that Wilson is irresponsible, and this is this is where we're supposed to be <sighs> being like, oh, well, he's there, and sometimes, and and then and then he's not there. Other he's times. not bumbling okay. enough. Got, yeah, he's the reason not. we're mad about it is because he's not bumbling enough. He literally has no arc in this movie. There's no like I, I fucked up or whatever. He's literally just existing in this movie in fact he gets away with it yes because like they're about to come home the next day or whatever yeah so the dogs are coming they they came in to try to rescue oliver from the house right yes they come in uh quote unquote rescue quote unquote and then uh, tito commits an assault that's when they're on their way out but this is also when i had the note dogs can't slap yeah But I, you know, they're admiring his collar, and all I could think is, how did that little girl know his name? How oh did my he? god! Then I asked myself, how did he know his name? Who named that cat Oliver? Who because, named that cat? Because they're calling him Oliver. Yeah, and Jenny just knows plot holes. So after they get Oliver back to, the I need barge, to pause for a minute. We've been calling him Wilson this whole time. His name is Winston. <laughs> I don't know why I got Wilson. <laughs> All right, so we'll I'm not. We're not going back and re-recording this shit. His no. name is his name is Winston. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. All right, let's. Uh, Oliver and company go back to the barge. Uh, yes. Fagan notices the 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 caller and then devises this plan that he's going to. He's going to send a ransom note for the cat. Right. Yeah. And writes it with cran and it give this character that you have shit on so much at least the dignity to have once uh known the value of having a pen around yeah and being able to write clearly and cohesively fagan provided her a map yes that she followed to the right location uh-huh because it was basically the map was written by a child and then a child read that map oh 
because she got to where she was supposed to go. Look, you're not wrong. But when, you, just, but when they show a shot of that map, it is literally her house, a bunch of squiggles, and then an X. Well, when you say it like that, it feels like, yes, they have no interest in giving this character any dignity whatsoever. Right, and I don't like it. It's just, it feels really kind of gross to have a character like this who we're supposed to be kind of rooting for a little bit. Yeah. It just, it feels gross to me. It feels real gross, truly. Yeah. And it's it's that much more bananas compared to sykes because then sykes is like talking about start with the knuckles no don't kill him yet and cement shoes and all this what do you mean you start with the knuckles ah fagin do come in i'll be right with you yeah no you don't kill him yet hmm yeah and then what's what's the last thing you do you put on the cement shoes <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that's right. Come on. Hey, don't worry about it. It's dark, and so you put those two next to each other. Look, truly, I think I would enjoy a film that's animated in this style, that's all this gritty, that actually is, like, dramatic and gritty. Yeah. Like, you know, an adult animation kind of thing. And, you know, we talked earlier about... Fuck, Sleeping Beauty is is kind of dark and gritty mm, to that's, a degree. That's more of a gothic fantasy. I'm talking sure. about, like... Something like heavy metal, which we talked about. What's his yeah. bucket being involved with? Yeah. Like, absolutely. If it's cohesive, Correct. I would even be okay with those characters singing. If the songs felt like they fit, yeah. but these two characters next to each other, they're almost from two different films. And Sykes is genuinely terrifying. He is like in a, not in a sort of like uh, metaphorical symbolic way that Maleficent is like, he feels like he would murder somebody I mean, without hesitation. Not for nothing. He kidnaps a girl and ransoms her. Like the, yes. this man is a monster kidnaps. This is a children's movie. Please don't. And again, why the fuck she's by herself out on this pier why nobody at any point ever stopped her? a policeman. I don't know. Whatever. Just somebody mm-hmm. stopped her from getting out there. It's bananas. It is. So Dodger rallies Oliver and the other dogs to rescue Jenny from Sykes. But the animals are confronted by Sykes and his Dobermans after they free her. Fagan saves the group with his scooter and a chase ensues throughout the streets and into the subway tunnels. Oliver and Dodger attempt to rescue and struggle with Roscoe and DeSoto who fall off the car and are electrocuted on the subway's third rail. Sykes is killed when his car drives straight into the path of an oncoming train. Okay. There's things that we need to discuss about before that happened with this, but because you just said that emphasis, mine, there is literally dogs that are dead. Yeah. A straight up horrific crash. Yeah. And death. Of and that Sykes. subway train just keeps on trucking. Yes. <laughs> Essentially, Fagan is uh, uh, with the with Oliver. Well, the and animals company. go in and try to rescue her, right? And Sykes pulls out a gun. Yes, is that a Glock? I don't know anything about guns, but that's like I feel like I'm in an animated episode of SVU all of a sudden. Yes, there's a there's a, there's there's literally a gun in this movie. It's not like a gun like bumbling around no, or whatever. It's not no. like an old lady firing at rats no. with a shotgun. This is yeah. It's all just. Yeah. Graphic. Sykes is carrying a gun, but all we can have Georgette do is drop a tarp on the Dobermans. Yep. I mean, we haven't really talked about the Dobermans much. They're just menacing henchmen. They are. And they're like the, the one of them DeSoto really doesn't ever really talk. No. It's always the, the, uh, the what's the other one's name? Roscoe. Yeah. Roscoe. That's actually doing most of the talking. Right. Um, but Oh no, a tarp. Yeah. And, and they're trapped. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's it. But basically 
they infiltrate Sykes office. Yes. They disable a lot of the security cameras. Yes. Uh, Francis is supposed to be keeping watch and then switches to ballet. So I feel like this is their third version of this. Francis's artsy fartsy joke, but it doesn't land as much because it no. hasn't all been with TV. Right. Just the first and the third. Yeah. Cause the second one was the paintings. Yes. But like, and we like get it. The, I get it. Sure. Whatever. It's also dangerous as fuck. Like they've got a child dangling from a, a, a crane. Yeah. And then drop them onto, thank God, a conveyor belt. Because he, well, but wait, did he cut the power? I think so. Or like he like. Uh, I don't understand why that would have caused the. I think to he. Drop sh- I think he shot the 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 control panel. Why would that cause the crane to release? Though is my question. It shouldn't. It, the answer is it shouldn't. But anyways, they fall to their deaths. Nope. There is a there's a conveyor belt that they all mad that they all start sliding down. Sure. Thank God. Yeah. And there was a slide like that, this place called leaps and bounds that I used to go to. Yeah. Um, that was all like rollers like that. And it looked fun in the commercials, but God, it hurt. I was going to say that scene. Cause you want to lay down on it and your head just keeps hitting it. Just roller. God awful. It's not good. Was it leaps and bounds or physical whimsical? There were those two. And then discovery zone. I do know what discovery. Yeah. Same, same concept. Except the local Houston chains. I have to imagine they end up getting out. They're running down the, the, the street thinking they're scot-free. They're and on then, his overloaded Vespa, all yeah. of them. And the dogs are chasing after them and Tito's doing a shaky fist at him. Uh, and then the town car shows up. Yeah. The Cadillac or whatever. The 3D Cadillac, which yes. still looks ter- terrible. Um, this chase is nonsense. I have a hard time believing that a town car made it down a subway staircase and onto the rails without any intervention or trouble. Exactly. I have walked down subway staircases and i am sorry i do if we're talking a 1988 what cadillac yeah uh Wide grand marquee what, like what yeah they're Those boats were boats yeah land boats land mm-hmm. they're fucking tanks land yacht yes mm-hmm. and you can't convince me that one could have made it down a subway set uh, again the 10 times i've been to new york bullshit i call bullshit on that sir yeah. i don't know who i'm talking to <laughs> again we get to this part i i know i brought this up earlier yeah they kill the dobermans my note is, I get that they're villains, but we just watched two dogs die. They really didn't do anything to really, they weren't trying to murder any of those other dogs. Yes, they were being menacing and they were, yeah, they, were yeah. they, they beat up uh, um, Dodger, Dodger. Yeah. But Dodger bounces right back. Yeah. And these dogs get, they didn't electrocuted. deserve. Yeah. And you see it happen. It's not like we saw the dogs go off into like a, a mist. Right. And then that's all the, the, that we see of them. I would have been okay with that, which is, I think what we usually see with villains and uh, hench people to a degree, like they, they get their comeuppance, but it's, I mean, Maleficent gets the sword and fuck and ducktails the the main, the bad guy, whatever his name was falls into the mist. We never see him. Yeah. Hit the ground. Yeah. We see these Dobermans die. Well, and, and Sykes, like we see Sykes. Well, yeah, his, by the train. like in, in a fireball explosion. And I think this is maybe because like, again, it's, uh, it, it's based on Oliver twist and that's, it's not exactly a whole ray of sunshine all the way through. And I think they were trying to be like, Oh yeah, this is the part, you know, this has to be gritty because this has emotional heft in Oliver twist. The entire do that. Well, I but don't. not even that you don't have to, you don't have to show it. No. And then like, and then, uh, Jenny on the hood going 50 miles an hour down a subway tunnel. Yeah. 
it, it's just I it, it to me yes I know this is a cartoon but this is just so dangerous and it's just it it to me like for a child watching this I would be fucking terrified yeah yeah this movie is that it maybe that's so why scary. I don't remember too much of it because I actually blocked it out probably cartoons were my escape god damn it it was so so violent so it was intense but I mean you know uh, they win yay. Well, and like Oliver, who, you know, like they go to pick her Oliver up and. Oh, yeah. Then we, we get maybe a dead cat, maybe a dead cat. And thank God the cat has eight lives or two lives at this point. I'm not really keeping track, but no, like, there are Jenny is holding this cat like I, my cat is dead. My cat is dead. And then Oliver wakes up. Okay. Cut to a birthday party. Later, Jenny celebrates her birthday with the animals, which is a totally normal thing for a child to do. <laughs> Fagan and the family butler, Winston, who receives a phone call from Jenny's parents saying they will be returning from Rome the next day. Cool. Uh, Oliver opts to stay with Jenny, but he promises to remain in contact with Dodger and the gang. They are missing their child's birthday. They have been in Rome. Why even have the parents in this movie be a plot point to begin with? Like, Honestly, I think it would have been smarter if they just didn't acknowledge the parents existed at all. Yeah. Just that they were gone. Cause like that would have been a lot more like I would have been able to make that subtext. Like where the fuck are the parents in this? No. Well, Cause that's what you would have been asking yourself. But if it had more of a punky Brewster vibe where it was like an old man and a girl he adopted, that's probably a bit more believable and forgivable all yeah. around. Why but- is Fagan in this house? I don't understand it. I don't understand why they would let literally a a person that they had never met that tried to kidnap their kid. No, 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 no. Fagan kidnapped the cat that went to give it back and tried. Winston is irresponsible as fuck. (laughs) I just, he he is literally the worst. He's the villain of the story. Winston is the villain. I argue that you are on board with uh, the lack of application of dignity to Fagan as a character because you don't think he belongs in this rich white person's household. You're now you're judging. I know now uh, you're being very judgmental. Clancy James. I'm sorry. I taught you better than that. (laughs) No, you didn't. No, I didn't, (laughs) but I certainly don't encourage this. Yeah, we could be mad at this movie without being down on Fagan, who is already down on his luck. Yeah, at least in the context of this film, he might have been a monster. And but Oliver. again, I he doesn't remember. have a goddamn arc. He continues no. to fall back into the same things. What yeah. got him into the situation in the first place yes. by gambling uh-huh. or 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 taking money that he doesn't he doesn't have. He agreed. And I just yeah, it's funny that he didn't learn anything, but like. This is a kids movie. We should like the, its whole goal should be to pass on some sort of like, Hey, this is what you should do. The ultimate message of this film is adults are irresponsible. And some of them are murderers. <laughs> you know, honestly, like if, if they had more of like, like at the end, never go out alone, stranger danger. Like there's a disclaimer at the end of it. So like, bleak. like something like that. Like I would have been like, Oh shit. Like this was good job. Disney. Like, do it good, good job they, disney disney good, disney good job disney um i don't know what that was so then we uh, close out with a reprise of why should i worry that rather than sounding like an ensemble number sounds like four friends around a mic karaoke Yeah.
It's bad. It is not. Great. It is actually Cheryl Lee Ralph singing, I think. Mm-hmm. But the way it's mixed and the way it's done, like it sounds so casual. It's just like make it an actual ensemble piece. God damn it. Let yeah. Cheryl Lee Ralph sing. Pretty much. Also, can we talk about how Tito got some? <laughs> Told you she was in heat. I know. She can't breed for puppies now. Breeders will consider her quote ruined. Yeah. Which is a whole other topic. <laughs> it's a whole other topic. But then he runs out when he realizes that he has to wear this what sailor costume or whatever yeah. he was in. Yeah. No, no. That's not that's not Tito's way. Also, this is where at the point where I realized because uh um Dodger puts out his claws. He only has three paws. Three paws? Yes, there's only three paws instead of four. Oh, you mean like toes? Toes, yes. Paws is the whole foot of the dog. Fair enough. So to have only three paws would imply that he's he three legged. No, I'm sorry, three toes. <laughs> well, all the humans have uh, four fingers and a thumb, which is another thing I noticed. They don't have cartoon hands, which is three fingers and a thumb. Right. That's what I'm saying. At least make the dogs have anatomically correct paws, please. They're not gonna I just they're not gonna make anything make sense, Clancy. <laughs> this was- episode has been brought to you by Tab. Um <laughs> Kodak. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. USA Today. Um, I took nationwide no, co- card. Yeah, I had Coke nationwide. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Just uh, real quick before we close this out, let's talk about the musical numbers individually. We of yeah. course had Once Upon a Time in New York City, like we said, that's Huey Lewis right there at the top. It was written by Barry Mann and Howard Ashman. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Why Should I Worry, of course, sang by Billy Joel. That one was written by Dan Hartman and Charlie Midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Streets of Gold, as we said earlier, is sung by Ruth Pointer. Yeah, it's a great song. It's, it's a, a fucking bop. But Shirley yeah, Ralph should have sung it. She was robbed. And that was written by Dean Pitchford and Tom Snow. Some of these people have written songs you've heard of, but they've they were all prolific like pop music writers in the 80s. I don't need to go through all of their discographies. Yeah. If you hear something you like, by all means, give it a gook. Um, Perfect isn't easy. That's the Bette Midler song that's very MGM and feels like it doesn't really yeah, fit in the movie. That one's written by Barry Manilow. Hilariously enough, written by <laughs> Barry Manilow, Jack Feldman, and Bruce Sussman. Uh, Good Company by Mintran, written by Ron Rocha and Robert Minkoff. And yeah, that's, I mean, that's really... Yeah, that's all of the pop songs. Everything else is, is score or instrumental or incidental. Yeah. And I mean, again, probably another reason why critically... Uh, people weren't feeling it as much again the and we'll talk about it right now this this movie made money it it helped finance the launch of the disney renaissance it did uh this the budget for this movie was 31 million which is a lot yeah um but uh it made 121 million adjusted I, um yeah that's was uh what is that four times yeah three six nine twelve yeah four times it made four times it's it's budget so which is bananas it is and it outperformed uh the land before time which came out the same same weekend and was you know a don bluth joint produced by universal so like it was right at the right as that rivalry came to a head which i'll talk more about in just a second yeah uh i i side with the critics on this one uh the critic score is 51 percent um siskel and ebert in 1988 that was a tv show um, where they yeah. do movie reviews With Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, Siskel gave it a thumbs down uh, stating that uh, when you measure this film up with the company's legacy of classics, it doesn't match up. Uh, and the story is too fragmented. Oh. And yes. 
Uh, Roger Ebert uh, gave it a marginal thumbs up. Um, he described it as harmless and inoffensive. And even that, I don't necessarily agree with. I don't know that. <laughs> I, I don't know that you can say uh, definitively that this film is both harmless and inoffensive. <laughs> I think some harm is done by by watching this film, and I think. Yeah. You might find that you're offended a little bit while watching this film. I was highly offended. We know, Clancy. We all heard it. Uh, the viewer score is slightly higher at 62%. Um, mm. But uh, Joel Yu uh, on April 15th, 2020. Sure. He said that it was predictable and stodgy. Oliver and company isn't one of Disney's best, though through its colorful cast of characters may be enough to entertain young viewers looking for a little adventure. Lots of trivia with this one. Um the uh, the animator shot photos of New York streets for reference um, using cameras that were 18 inches off the ground to get like the dog's point of view. Similar to their approach in Ratatouille. Exactly. This was the first Disney film to have its own uh, department set up for the express purpose of generating computer animation. And they go into that a little bit in that short. That five minutes short about how and we talk. I mean, we, we they were proud of it. 3D animation is used in this movie to some effect to but, some detriment. I would well, say look. Yeah. Anyways, uh, this is the last uh, Disney classics to use line overlay, um, also called cell over overlay, which is a technique that they use to make backgrounds match the lines of the Xerox objects in front of the film. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, kind of an end of an era there. But like many pre-1989 Disney films, the video release of Oliver and Company uh, was delayed for years. Despite the film being released in 1988 and being a commercial success, it was not released on video until 1996. Uh, there was a hidden Mickey in it. Um, oh. uh, when he pulls his uh, coat up to show all of his watches, there's one with a Mickey Mouse watch. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. And then, as I mentioned, this was their last animated film before uh, what is sort of culturally and in, I don't know, film studies circles called the Disney Renaissance. Yep. Um, before uh, I, there, there's a few movies on Disney plus right now. that are documentaries that will explain this concept a bit more in detail and, mm-hmm. and a bit more nuanced like Howard, which we've been talking about doing um, some point in the future. But uh, since I mentioned it plenty, here's a, a quick primer. So the Disney Renaissance is the period from 1989 to 1999, during which Walt Disney feature animation returned to producing critically and commercially successful animated films that were mostly based on well-known stories, much as they did when they got started with snow white yes. Cinderella, and all mm-hmm. of that. So it's sort of like a return to, you know, Walt's roots in a very uh, philosophical way. Um, and well, that sort of sprung from during Fox and the Hound, um, they lost one of their longtime animators, Don Bluth. And he had been working on, like he first started working on Sleeping Beauty and then um, worked on um, multiple animated and a few live action films um, between then and when he left off of Fox and the Hound. But when he left Fox and the Hound, he took 11 animators with him oh, and wow. started his own animation company that then started making movies that were distributed by Universal, which is where you get The Secret of Nim, American Tale, The Land Before Time, mm-hmm. All Dogs Go to Heaven. The, it was it was kind of a struggle because like Great Mouse Detective did not outperform uh, American Tale, but it still made money. Executives were still sort of pumped about moving into this Oliver and Company concept about yep. like, trying to do something gritty and grounded and with pop songs. And, and again, even though it was a critical (laughs) failure, it made so much money that they then were able to really sort of rethink their approach and get back to um, their roots with sort of kicking off with the little mermaid, which was Howard Ashman's first big swing at a Disney take. And he sort of helmed that ship through the nineties because then you got the rescuers down under beauty and the beast, Aladdin, the lion King, Pocahontas, the hunchback and under game, Hercules, Milan, Tarzan. um, And, 
Currently, The Princess and the Frog is considered the most modern studio production that equaled the traditional animation, plot, and music of the Disney Renaissance films. Yeah, so basically the 90s. They basically were battling it out in the box office and with the critics with Don Bluth's animation studio all throughout the 80s, all throughout my childhood. Right. And then by the time your childhood came along, Disney had kind of risen above that or at least split enough off into its own direction. Yeah, I remember going and seeing the Lion King in theaters. Right. Like that was that was a big deal. Yeah. But um, that's the concept of the Disney Renaissance that I kept cool. harping on about yeah. throughout. And that is Oliver and Company. Uh, what did you think about this movie, Josh? <laughs> I, I think Shirley Ralph was robbed of an opportunity. Yes. I think... Um, I remembered this film more fondly than I should have. Mm -hmm. And I think that as a child, the songs delighted me more than anything else. And that's kind of what I connected with and why I wasn't against the idea of watching this movie to begin with. But I don't think anybody really needs to rewatch this one. And I wouldn't even recommend showing it to your kids. It's fucking dark. I, I share the same feelings. I, I, Maybe it's a fever dream or whatever, but I do remember watching this movie and I knew I know the songs and I knew what was happening in this, but I just didn't realize how kind of scary and awful this movie is. <laughs> I mean, you know, the beginning, you've got the songs. So, you know, if you just want to like close your eyes and hum to the songs and just not watch what's happening on screen, honestly, I think you're better for it. Yeah, it's just not. I don't know. It's not. I mean, uh, and especially, you know, by contrast with the little mermaid, like leaps and bounds better. I'm glad, I'm glad they turned that corner. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. We just want to make sure that you guys check out the Patreon. Yes. Patreon.com slash making mischief. Uh, up there we've got, uh, we did Reddit. We did a Ratatouille, um, talked about the extras on Ratatouille. Yes. And yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, a lot of other content up there. Um, we, we watched, uh, um, out. Yes. Um, which is absolutely wonderful. Talked about if you that, haven't, that. if you haven't seen that short yet, please. And we're, we're up, we're up on deck soon again to produce more content. And when I say on deck, I mean that there's content from all over the mischief media network. Yes. Available there for you. Um, and they can find you on Twitter and Insta. Yeah. They can find me at C L N C Y on Twitter, and Instagram. And oh. then where can they find you, Josh? At Josh watching TV. Drop that G baby on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I mean, fair warning. I doom scroll and post a lot of terrible polylytical poly things lately. Yeah. Um, but as we mentioned with Ashley on our last episode, I try to keep a nice balance. A little bit. I try to do some goofy selfies every now and then, tell a joke, talk about the cat. And I complain to companies. And so Clancy complains to companies. So, so if you don't want to see, see any of that, just follow us on show socials. That's nonpluspod everywhere you want it. Yep. That's nonpluspod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can go to nonplus.mischiefmedia.com. Yep. Check out our website. Rate, review, subscribe, and iTunes. Yes, please. Oh, actually, hold on. We just got a whole slew. Yeah, we got a lot of new reviews that came in. Let me go ahead and pull one up. We've got this one from Casey Dia. Five stars. Do you love Disney? Do you love tongue and cheekiness? You're going to love this podcast. Every week is super enjoyable and I laugh out loud every time. Walk through all the Disney movies you love with them and enjoy that nostalgia and learn a whole lot. It's topical, educational, and heartwarming. Thank you, Josh and Clancy, for enriching our lives every week. Well, uh, oh. every two weeks but you're most welcome casey dia thank yeah, you for leaving us wonderful. a review that was thank super so sweet 
Then we've got this very short one. We'll attack this in two. Also five stars. It's from Stiletto Slytherin. Hey, oh, shit. Absolutely love Josh and Clancy and this Disney chat. Blackheart 1010 cannot get enough. (laughs) Thank you so much. You Stiletto Slytherin. We got a few more that came through. We'll have to read sometime later. But yeah. Leave us, uh, you, look, iTunes ratings, We we I think we're like 60-something on the U.S. film review charts because of some of these. Yeah. Heck yeah, give we're, us more stars. Give us more reviews. We're doing, we're moving on up. We're moving on up. Yeah. It's not the east side. It's actually way north. We're not technically in Austin, but you know, it's in the area. Yeah, for, for <laughs> sure. Well, that over there is my husband, Josh. And that over there is my husband, Clancy. And we're non-plussed. We're non-plussed. Plus, do you think that's wise? Are you gonna drop an Archer reference at the end of our Disney Plus podcast? Like anybody's supposed to just know what that is? Because it's just for me. <laughs> Thank you and good night. <laughs> I've had close calls. I've almost rolled friends up into my. Ooh, yeah. No. But I, I just want to say that like Fagin died or sorry, Fagin. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor. That's T-A-V-O-U-R in your app store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers. Bye.